I feel like right now my current, you know, mountain to climb is visual design. But after that, I'm sure there's going to be another one of something different. Different skills become more important. And so you might end up with a hurdle later on that you didn't have earlier. And I think that's totally normal and totally fine. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. My name's Femke. And my name's Charlie. And this episode again comes to us by way of a listener request. We had someone write in to us asking us to talk about self-awareness as a designer, understanding what your strengths and weaknesses are and how to improve on them. We've got someone who is just sort of worried about the, the level of skill that they have and worried that maybe the bar in the industry is a lot higher. And so that if you're like doing an interview and you're talking about yourself and how great you are and the interviewer doesn't think so, they might not only think your skills are low, but also that your self-awareness isn't at the level it needs to be mm-hmm. as well. So mm-hmm. I think this is an important topic to talk about. And I'm like, kudos to this person for asking it too, because um, honestly, it shows self-awareness to be even thinking asking about Asking this. this, right? Yes, exactly. So that's what we're going to talk about today and about the ways that we have developed the self-awareness about our design skill sets and, you know, creative professional skill sets throughout our careers should be a good conversation. But um, first, though, we have a quick word from, well, from Femke that, uh, <laughs> about our sponsor for this episode. We have been having a round sponsoring us this month, which has been fantastic. Yes. As you know, we are very picky when it comes to sponsorships on Design Life. We've had like uh, maybe like two, I think, total, something like that. Yeah, ever. Ever? Yeah, I think so. And that, you know, we're just picky about that. We only will ever tell you about a tool that we believe in ourselves. And so thanks to Around for sponsoring Design Life for the month of June. Yes. And I want to tell you a little bit about Around's creative and collaborative features, because I've really been enjoying that Around kind of like fades into the background a little bit when I'm on a call. The interface is really lightweight and the design is super top notch as well. And they have some really great features to help kind of facilitate easy collaboration with you and your team. So I don't know about you, Charlie, but often when I'm in meetings, I'm often taking notes and like trying to capture all the things we're talking about and like action items. And then after the meeting, I'll realize that my colleagues did the same thing. (laughs) Like they also took notes somewhere else in a different place. And what's been cool about Around is that you can actually take notes collaboratively in Around itself, kind of like a Google Doc style. And that way you have kind of like one centralized place where you're taking the notes and they also automatically get sent to all of the participants after the meeting. Ooh, that's good. Yeah, really nice. So you're kind of like all on the same page. They also have support for sharing multiple images. So you can kind of share things visually, get really inspired in the moment. And then lastly, another cool feature they have is that you can create rooms for like maybe you have a recurring team meeting or perhaps you're working on a team project and you can create a room for that project or meeting and you can see who's in the room at certain times. Maybe you want to drop in and say hi or ask a quick question. It's kind of like as if there was like a voice video channel in Slack that you could drop into, except it's in a round. And so I think that's pretty cool as well, where you can kind of have these rooms for your different projects and drop in at any time. 
Nice. And yeah, Around's tagline, which I quite like, is less meeting, more making. All those features you just talked about. Yes. Obviously fit really well with that. Totally. So if you're interested in trying this tool, it's really fun. I've really been enjoying it with my team. You can go to around.co or you can also find them on Twitter, around underscore HQ. Thanks to Around for sponsoring the show. And let's get into it and talk about self-awareness. I well, what I said in the intro fame was that about how this is developed throughout our careers, and I framed it that way because for me personally, I felt like the further I get into my career, the and I guess just more I grow as a as a human being um, and as a person, the more awareness I have over my own um, strengths and weaknesses, and also the more willing I am to admit when things are a weakness for me. It's definitely been like a development I've noticed throughout my career. I'm wondering if it's been the same for you. Yeah, I was going to say definitely not only the more aware I become about those weaknesses or growth areas, but also the more, I guess, like determined I am to like confront them. I feel like earlier on in my career, I you know, maybe did have a little bit of self-awareness of where I was lacking or maybe my skills were not as great as I wanted them to be, but I was too afraid to confront that and felt a little bit like I had to fake it till I make it or, you know, kind of just not really confront that I was not doing as well in a skill or an area as I wished I would be. But now that I'm a bit further along, yeah, I feel more comfortable admitting that and having conversations around it and trying to figure out how to progress and how to improve and how to move forward. So yeah, I feel like I've gotten more comfortable with embracing it over time as well. Yeah, that's a good way of phrasing it because for sure I feel that as well. Like not only am I more willing to admit weaknesses, but I feel more like inspired by the challenge of overcoming a weakness too. Uh where where perhaps earlier in my career, if there was something I knew I was bad at, I would more likely just avoid it at all costs. Yes, you know, just to avoid confronting any issue where I might be less than perfect at something. Whereas now I'm like, oh, there's a thing I don't know. Okay, what books can I read? What articles, like what mentors can I find in this area? You know, and you sort of dive into learning. Whereas that is absolutely not the approach that I was taking (laughs) earlier in my career. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I feel like I've also gotten better at identifying you know, okay, this is a weakness. And now I feel like I have a bit of a choice. Like, is this something Mm. that I want to improve? Or is this just something that I maybe am not interested in improving and, you know, kind of admit I'm never going to be good at this thing. Um, And so how do I work with that? Right. And like an answer to that might be, well, maybe I'll delegate if I'm, you know, not good at that area. Maybe I can collaborate with someone who is really good in that area. Um, so yeah, I feel like I also now like have that lens in these situations of like, okay, I feel like I have some options here for like whether I actually want to improve on it or figure out a different path. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point too because not everything has to be worked on. Um, we often talk about on this show about the fact that if you try to be a jack of all trades, you'd be a master of none. And I think that tackling weaknesses could definitely turn you into that if you're not, if you're not careful. Totally. What this listener writes in about is um, they're asking what ways we suggest to better understand your strengths and weaknesses. Like, <sighs> how do you build this awareness of where your strengths lie, what things you might need to work on? What do you think, Fem? Yeah, well, 
I do think getting feedback from others is helpful, but in terms of like recognizing it on your own, I guess this is almost a skill in itself, right? Is like having that eye or awareness or I don't know. I feel like when I think about this for myself, I am designing with a lens of like, okay, where are the areas I could improve or like, where are the gaps Um, rather than looking at it through a lens of like, this is good. I solved a problem, but like kind of challenging myself almost. And I feel like that helps me look at my work or assess my skill set with that like critique mindset or maybe growth mindset is a better word for this, um, where you're kind of constantly looking for new opportunities and areas where you could do more, I guess. Yeah. And I think, so advice we always give is not to compare yourself to others, right? But if you are someone who has low levels of self-awareness, honestly, comparing yourself to others might help (laughs) you spot these strengths and weaknesses. I'm really hesitant to give this like as advice because, you know, comparison is the thief of joy and all that. There is a lot of truth to that statement. But um, in the situation that this listener is describing is talking about like, what if, you're the best designer at your company, right? And what if at your company you're doing great work or like, you know, the best work um, at the company, but in the overall industry, the like bar for quality is a lot higher than what your company expects. And so, you know, your work isn't meeting that bar if you look at it in the context of the wider industry. And this is where comparing yourself to what other designers are putting out um, or even what, you know, say in my situation, I'm the designer of a marketing website. As I look at other companies' marketing websites, I can compare it to the work that I've been doing for hours, right? Right. And um, critique, critique theirs, critique my own, and um, look out for areas where I could grow and areas where I haven't, I don't know, developed things as much as perhaps I should have. Uh, and that is, I think, a way to build your, build your taste as a designer. Because um, sometimes, I don't know, sometimes I find myself reviewing a portfolio of someone perhaps early in their career and it's hard to give feedback because I'm like well the work just needs to be better all around you know like the typography is off you haven't paid attention to the alignment here what's this thing doing filling up the space like we should have that be some breathing room those little details that all come together to make the design feel lower quality and I think that a good way to work through that and to to develop on that side of things as a, as a visual designer is to look at great examples of work, right? Um, and compare yours to it and see, okay, well, they put everything to the side and left that blank space blank. I filled it all up. So maybe that's something <laughs> to try. You know. Yeah. I hope that's coming across well as advice. Uh, this is hard to, hard to give, but I hope you understand me. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm curious, like, is this something you would consciously go and do? Because I feel like for me, I'm just kind of, always doing that maybe not necessarily comparing my work I don't know if that's the term I would use but like whenever I'm using apps like even Instagram or Twitter or whatever like I'm definitely subconsciously paying attention to the interactions and you know I'm using these products every day and that guaranteed is having some influence right on me as a designer and so I feel like I can't not do that. Like when I'm using other products and other software and other tools, like I'm always looking out for those 
learning moments or opportunities or getting inspiration so yeah for me it's like not a conscious like I'm gonna go and now compare my work to to another product but I feel like it's just something I'm always doing I'm always building up that bank in my mind yep and I think that's exactly the way to do it is that you're not setting out purposefully to compare yourself but I'm sure that subconsciously you are comparing the maybe not yourself but you're comparing your work right. to the work that you're looking at right which is you know maybe that's the way we should phrase it because um you know you are not your work and all of that as well but yeah definitely looking at other things and um not just staying super insular and focusing only on yourself and your work i think that if you do that that is a really it's really difficult to build self-awareness if all you're focusing on is, is yourself ironically mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> you do sort of need to have a pulse on what else is going on in the industry and what other designers are learning and talking about as um you know the their strengths and weaknesses perhaps as well because if you know if you hear someone else talking about something that's weakness for them then that could help you to reflect and ask yourself okay what am i like in this skill set then why do you think this is so important i think that it's almost impossible to grow if you are not aware of your weaknesses because if you're not aware of them you won't be working on improving them and that that is a problem and I do think that as a designer, yes, we are hired for our skills, but we are also hired for our level of taste. Mm. And so that's something we should always be continuing to develop, right? Here's an example for you. Say you have some work that is not great. It's just kind of average, you know, uh, and you're applying for a job and you're presenting this work and talking to an interviewer about it. If you present this work and are like, this is the best thing I've ever done. I wouldn't change a thing. It's great and all that then the interviewer is going to look at it and question your level of taste and question, as this person has asked us, question your self-awareness, right? If you present that exact same piece of work and say, this is what I did, I was really proud of it, but like, I know that it's got this and this issue and I would like to work on this, the second person is probably going to be moved forward in the process, whereas the first person would absolutely be like sent a rejection email uh, in this situation. because of the level of awareness that you show. So that's why it's important because it means that um, even if your work isn't, you know, top level industry standard or whatever, it can give you a chance to land opportunities to progress if you show that you're aware of where your weaknesses are and that you're working on them. Yeah, totally. I love that framing. And I definitely do think it's important during interviewing, but also like when you're working, you know, full time at a place is that that opportunity doesn't end once you walk through the door right yep I'm like always thinking about what my strengths are what my weaknesses are and regularly actually kind of thinking about that um it's kind of baked into our performance reviews um but even outside of those I'm always you know talking about that with my manager about areas where I can improve where there's opportunity where there's growth um, and how I can kind of create that value and provide it back to the team so it's always there regardless of sort of where you're at in your career there's always something to improve upon absolutely and one of the things that I mentioned earlier was listening to other designers talk about what their weaknesses might be so you can look out for them in yourself we haven't discussed this, Finn, but how do you feel about sharing some things right now that we feel like we are weak in or, you know, need to work on improving? And I know it could be helpful for anyone listening. Yeah, I'm happy to share. So an area that I have as, um, you know, kind of an opportunity to improve on at the moment is 
um, I'm trying to like decide if I should use like the Uber lingo or not, but technically it's around like work quality and craft. Okay. What that kind of boils down to for me is visual design. Um, so kind of like perfecting that like baseline level of craft and quality and the visual kind of work that I do. Uh, my strengths, I think, are definitely more on the UX side of things. Uh, so it's more like the, the visual polish uh, of a project. Mm. Um, and yeah, this is something that I struggle with for multiple reasons. I think because I'm more of a UX thinker, I often don't like enjoy the UI or the visual part as much and kind of leave it to the last not the last minute but like don't give it as much attention time or detail I think also working within the constraints of a really robust design system actually kind of takes away some of the opportunity for creativity when it comes to visual design if that makes sense kind of like I'm often working with very robust components and like I don't necessarily get to design the style of a button, right? It's all like pre-designed. So I don't get to exercise my visual design muscles as much as I would like to. Um, so yeah, that's kind of an area that I have been working on for most of 2021, actually. That's kind of been my main focus. But yeah, that makes a lot of sense where you could end up in a situation where visual design is a weaker skill for you because like you said, you're not using it. Yes, yeah. often. Right. So, yeah, I love that you're aware of that, though, and that you wouldn't go into an interview and be like, yeah, I'm a hotshot UI designer. Makes a lot of sense. And if I can share like a, a couple things I've been doing to kind of improve yes, that please. skill. One thing that I did was I actually collaborated on a project with another designer. We kind of co-designed together and they were really strong in visual design. Like that's their strength. And so... It was really great to be able to collaborate on this project and I could just learn so much from them as we were working on this together. And it was cool because like sometimes I would do a bit of the visual design and then they would come in and kind of like critique it or leave some feedback. And that's great. Like that's an awesome learning opportunity for me. So that kind of helped push me a little bit. It's kind of like having a mentor on a project working together who like excels in a skill that you're developing. So yeah, that's been really great. I've also been... Uh, we have these like design platform critique sessions. You can like go to the platform team and show your work and they'll give you feedback from like a platform sort of visual language perspective. So that's also been really helpful. And yeah, just sharing more openly. I think this is actually a really important part for me. I'm curious what you think about this, Charlie, is um, actually sharing with your collaborators what that opportunity or that growth area is. And I found that to be really helpful by just being really transparent with my team and being like, this is an area I'm working on, I'm trying to improve upon. Please let me know when, like if you see an opportunity for feedback in this area or whatever, um, that's been really helpful for me so that when I'm sharing my work or collaborating with other people, they know that's an area I'm focused on and so can like help me basically improve it when they see that opportunity. Yeah, I love that. As someone who manages a team now, that's something that I've been trying to look out for opportunities for is to like, I didn't just advocate for my team members to work on projects that would exercise skills that they're looking to build. Like Great. someone on my team um, was like, hey, I'd be really interested in joining in some meetings about the, the ad campaign that you're working on because I'm interested in learning that like whole brand side of things so I'm like great come join the meetings they're like okay I promise I don't I don't have to say anything and I'm like nope <laughs> I want your feedback like um you know tell us what you're thinking 
throughout. Uh, it's a good learning opportunity to just hear these other people in the room and what they're talking about when it comes to building a campaign Yeah, and learning what goes into it. So yeah, that's been fun for me to try and get those opportunities for people. But weaknesses for me. So honestly, the main one that I'm noticing right now is a big weakness is scoping accurately scoping the time it will take me to complete something mm. i'm struggling with this right now because well i mean i guess I'm, I'm in a different situation over these past what's it been now like nine months i guess since i became creative director um i'm in a different situation than i have been throughout the rest of my design career where really it was just myself i was focusing on and you know my own my time was my own um to to figure out and that's really all i'd have to uh, keep in mind when i was trying to predict how long it would take me to work on something right i'm struggling right now to just be accurate about my time estimations i'm like okay yeah four weeks i should be able to have this thing done in four weeks like that's four weeks that's a long time <laughs> Uh, and then like four weeks is over and I'm like, fucking hell, I've barely started. Yeah, I'm finding that really difficult at the moment. And this is not a situation where I like can say I have learned yet how to overcome it. It's still something I'm in, in progress of. And I think honestly, it's just going to take time. It's going to take me screwing this up <laughs> a few more times <laughs> to, to accurately learn, you know. Um, but each time I miss one of these self-imposed deadlines that I've set for designing something because I've spent my time um, not only like doing the expected things, managing a team, but also all the stuff that just comes up that I wasn't predicting. When this happens, I look back and I'm like, okay, so knowing this, I need to build in like this percent buffer time or whatever to work on things. And also knowing that, right, you, the design time is not just going to appear for you. You've got to make sure you... <laughs> schedule it into the calendar or it won't get done so those are some things that i'm learning right now um about how to overcome this this current weakness um and it's an interesting one because it was something that i didn't used to be weak in i used to know how long it would take me to design something and i could pretty regularly meet the deadlines that i'd set for myself yeah um so yeah it's been interesting for this to be like become a weakness again because of this different situation yeah i love that you're like actively working on this though and that you admitted on this podcast, like, I don't know how I'm going to fix this problem, but I'm going to keep yep. trying and keep failing <laughs> until I get there. So thank you for your like honesty there. I'm wondering, has there ever been a time where you've received feedback or like maybe somebody's told you about a weakness or I guess it could be a strength. We could talk about strengths too, that you maybe weren't aware of, like they kind of brought it to your attention. Has that ever happened to you? Hmm. I'm trying to think. I'm sure there's been times that it's happened for strengths because, you know, I'm, I'm mostly a pretty self-critical person. So, <laughs> But I'm trying to think if there's been a time where someone said it was a weakness. I think possibly early in my career, this happened a lot more, I guess, because back then is when I had less self-awareness, right? Right. Like, I, I remember being in a job interview and... The, the person interviewing me, I think I might have shared this story before on the show, actually. They were like, oh, this typography is interesting. Like, you've got a really wide line height here, sort of, you know, commenting that, why is this so wide? That's weird. And I was sort of like, oh, yeah, um, that's, that's what the team wanted me to do, you know, um, just really shifting the blame. Like, now there's no way to respond like that, <laughs> right? Now I would respond like, oh, good point. Yeah, I didn't notice that. I guess, you know, that's something that I've got to build my eye on or whatever. But yeah, that 
that that is one time that sticks out to me where someone pointed out something and as soon as they said it I saw I was like oh uh, okay yeah they're yeah. right yeah but I hadn't seen it previously and like hadn't given a second thought to it so maybe that's an example I don't know have you got one of where someone else has pointed out a weakness that you weren't aware of previously yeah I I have an example where I thought I had a strength and it turns out others saw it as a weakness I guess Ooh, okay tell us tell us tell us <laughs> so uh, when I was on the Uber team in Amsterdam, I used to spend a lot of time uh, like working on our team culture. And one of the things that I did was uh, organizing events. Like we would have design nights and I would organize like the speakers. It was a public event. We'd have tickets. And, you know, there's a lot of behind the scenes that goes into organizing a big event like that and like emceeing and everything. I also did like we had a team email newsletter. We would like every month sort of collect all the work we did and share it out with the rest of the design team like a lot of sort of those kind of initiatives that were like sort of more cultural for our team and uh I thought that like this was like a strength of mine like you know I'm being a real like culture ad and like doing all these cool things for the team and like you know that that was true in some sense like there was benefit to it people were appreciating it however at the same time I got feedback that I I need to delegate more and kind of like maybe I'm doing too much uh, of the cultural stuff and to kind of step back and, and delegate and let other people help me. So I don't need to like run the whole show on my own and organize every tiny detail, but like, yeah, work with other people to help delegate some tasks and like work on it together. Um, so yeah, I don't know, maybe like saying that as a weakness is maybe a bit strong, but I feel like it was one of those moments where I thought I was self-aware, but it turns out I wasn't, um, mm. you know, mm -hmm. like I thought that, yeah, oh, well, this is like a great strength of mine and it's like benefiting the team. And I think I was maybe blinded a little bit too much by, by those positive outputs that I kind of failed to recognize that like it was starting to have an impact on my work, right? I wasn't right, having as right. much time to work on projects, like... I would just be like running to deadlines and trying to squeeze everything in because I thought I had to do everything on my own. So it was only kind of once a teammate like pulled me out from underneath and was like, you can get other people to help you on this. Like you should delegate. I know something like changed for me. And ever since then, I've embraced delegation a lot more. <laughs> yeah, I love that. that. That's That's a really good example of I don't know, I guess for you as well, like the example I shared, it hit me straight away and I was like, oh yeah, duh, this is a weakness. But for this one, for you, it's like, maybe you had to sit with it for a while yeah. you know, to fully understand the feedback. And as you were describing that, uh, it made me think of a piece of feedback that I had recently from my manager in talking about how in my role, I need to be influencing others within the company to help me reach my outcomes. How do I describe this? So... We have goals as a brand team, right? And there's some of them that I have been feeling frustrated by because they're like goals to do with content, reach and shares and that sort of thing. And I'm like, I'm a, I'm a fucking designer. I don't want to be thinking about this, <laughs> you know? And what it took a while for me to understand in the feedback and like the conversations my manager was having with me is that I don't have to work on this myself and like do these right. things myself. I'm responsible for the outcome and I'm responsible for ensuring that the other people within the company, namely in the marketing team, are working towards making it happen. You know, like I don't have to be the one actually do the work. actively working on this. Yeah. I need to be the one um, ensuring other people are. 
And it took me a while to understand that. And I was feeling frustrated about like mm-hmm. having his goals for a while because it didn't quite get through my skull what he was trying to say. And so, yeah, when I finally understood, I was like, oh, okay. That's why he kept repeating that thing. And like, now I see why, <laughs> I don't know. Um, so yeah, sometimes for me, it can take a while when yeah. it's something that I didn't initially see as a weakness. Honestly, I think that's a weakness I have in general is being a bit stubborn. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I don't know, I'm really open to feedback if it's something that like, if it's about visual design work or, you know, anything like that, I hold my opinions on that very loosely and can take feedback at any time. Right. When it's about my character and my like way of Mm, working. Yeah, that's harder. (laughs) Yeah, it's much harder for me to accept critical feedback on it if it's not something that I've already been wondering or like thinking about myself right you know? yeah so that's just uh, I don't know we're just airing all the weaknesses right here on the show <laughs> yeah we are not perfect we're always growing and learning and improving um, and these change over time I feel too right like I feel like right now my current you know mountain to climb is visual design but after that I'm sure there's going to be another one of something different Uh, As you progress throughout your career, I think different skills become more important. And so you might end up with a hurdle later on that you didn't have earlier. And I think that's totally normal and totally fine. Yep. And also you might find these hurdles come back to haunt you later on. Like as is the case with my scoping work, you know, Um, my situation changed. And so now my ability Mm. to do that skill like task accurately has changed you might find the same with visual design once you nail it at uber maybe once you know if you change jobs or change brands or something like that it might be difficult to get it again because you would have gotten used to one way of designing right and so you know we have to be open to relearning as well (laughs) totally well like you said at the beginning of this episode the fact that this listener is asking these questions Mm -hmm. is already showing some very mature signs of self-awareness so by just asking yourself this question i think you're already being a self-aware designer. Um, I guess the next step is kind of like what to do once you've identified, you know, those weaknesses or those strengths and how to how to move forward with those. Um, which, yeah, for me, is just an ongoing process. I feel. Yep, always growing, always learning, and overcoming weaknesses. Thanks to this listener for writing in with this. I feel like this made for a really good topic, good discussion. You got to hear about. <laughs> you know, <laughs> where me and Femme's weaknesses might lie in our design careers at the moment. So that's fun to have just told thousands of people um, what we're weak in. But hey, if it helps any of you learn, then I'm glad that we did it. <laughs> totally. Yeah, we are not perfect on the show for sure. <laughs> <laughs> if you are listening to this and have something that you've been thinking about to do with your design career or your day-to-day design work, anything like that, then please, we want to hear about it. We love when the topics of the show can come from you and the things that you're wondering about. So Uh, You can find our contact form on our website, designlife.fm, which is also where you can find all of the other episodes of this show. Make sure to check out Around if you're interested in sort of getting rid of that Zoom fatigue and having better collaboration with your teammates at around.co. Thanks again for sponsoring. We really appreciate it. We do. And thanks for the chat today, fam. See you next time. Yeah. Likewise. Bye. Bye. Bye.